hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined by Creekside's founding pastor, John Bruce. That may be your new title. Dad, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. <laughs> I've got wow. three coffees now. Wow, so. Dad. <laughs> You're rejuvenated. I am rejuvenated. Like a second half Niners team That's just right. coming out rejuvenated. All they needed was caffeine. That oh, was the key to their victory. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Not many people do. That's, that's good. Well, now that you're properly caffeinated, uh, we can start our podcast. So that's good. good. So good. today we're going to continue our series, Smart People, What Proverbs Teaches About Building Habits. Proverbs is the Bible's catalog of wisdom. Biblical wisdom is all about skill in living, about those small daily decisions we make. And so in one sense, Proverbs is about habits. It's about those incremental improvements, those small decisions that over time will yield great blessing in our life. So we've been looking at the kinds of habits Proverbs commends that it talks about, and we spent a few weeks here talking about integrity. Well, we talked about it last week, and uh, we're going to talk about it again this week because according to Proverbs, smart people pursue integrity. So, Dad, last week I said just about everything I had to say about integrity, but apparently you have more to say about (laughs) integrity. So what better way to start the podcast than to have you continue? Okay, well... I I was interested in in just what areas of integrity Proverbs focuses on, and uh, I I want to talk about four. Um, uh, first of all, is smart people are honest people. They're honest about their faults, and uh, that's one of the themes of Proverbs. Um, I thought about what is it that most people. What's the most common complaint about Christians that we hear? Uh Hypocrites? Exactly. Exactly. That comes to mind immediately. A voice yes. told me. Yes. Max. <laughs> That's right. That's good. I think Max is actually just looking at me and saying hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. Just at me. Yeah. But uh, yeah. You hypocrite. Yeah. 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 But it's not our failures that make us hypocrites. It's our refusal to acknowledge those failures that make us hypocrites. And that's why Proverbs says that smart people are honest refute and and admit their their uh, failures rather than hiding them uh, proverbs 28:13 he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion and this is so counterintuitive because our natural um, response when we do something bad is not to tell anybody we want to keep it silent because we think it will ruin our reputation Solomon uh, recommends complete disclosure. Um, Going public on the things we do wrong just seems dumb, but Solomon says it's the wisest thing we can do. And I'm going to talk about why that would be, why why something so counterintuitive is actually wise. I think, first of all, we need God's blessings to prosper. And I can't fool God. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to apologize to somebody, often for things that they didn't even know I did, because I wanted to be right with God. And I knew that God wouldn't bless me if I didn't, wasn't honest with him. Uh, so walking with God is not living a perfect life, but it is living an honest life. And God wants us to be honest uh, about that. Uh, second reason, I think, 
that confessing your faults is wise is that people know more than we think they know. <laughs> and uh, Jesus says uh, in Luke 12, 1 through 3, he began saying to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Why? There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, what you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. So why are the disciples to avoid hypocrisy? Well, really, he just hypocrisy doesn't work because God is able to reveal to other people what you're lying about. And boy, you can see that in the history of the church, that, that if you're a Christian, you don't get away with anything. God will make sure that what you whispered in the dark will be proclaimed on the housetops. We've said it often around here. Remember, Christians get caught. <laughs> exactly. It's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. Yeah, God doesn't discipline other people's kids. No, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why concealing our transgressions uh, not only keeps us from the blessing of God, but it just doesn't work. God will make sure it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so I need to be honest about my faults because I need God's blessings and because people know more than we think they do. And finally, because concealing our our thoughts our our faults keeps them uh keeps us under their power um your secrets keep you sick as they say in the recovery yeah. community uh there is no there are no addictions without lies mm-hmm. and there's no recovery without truth and so that's why james says therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed unless i'm uh willing to confess my sins at least to a fellow believer I'm not really serious about conquering it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. I, I think there is something counterintuitive where you think, well, if I am open about my weaknesses and you know, appropriately open with people, um, that it'll hurt my credibility with them. Yes. Or they'll think that. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm less than in some way. But, yeah. But in reality, it works just the opposite. That that people who are very self-aware um, have they are able to build credibility and trust with people so much more quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, honesty is key. To, to, I, I was reading about a survey that was done uh, years ago uh, around the globe, but they were testing what are the qualities that people admire most in a leader. Yeah. And even though it was different cultures and different situations, the, the answer that came up, they, they, they discovered, I think, over 200 virtues that people admired. But the number one virtue people admired in a leader was honesty. Yeah, That was what gave credibility. So it's the same thing. It, uh, that's what will really give you credibility. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Yeah. And there's, that's a promise. Yeah. And, and to, a way to think about it, for listeners might be to ask yourself, when's the last time you talked to someone who was really self-aware? Yeah. As they were talking, just in situations, they knew where their weaknesses were, they knew where their uh, foibles were or their failures or their patterns of sin. You know, even asking another Christian, what are your besetting sins? Yeah. What are the the three or four areas in your life that you just know this is going to get me? Yeah. Do they know those? Are they even aware of them? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I found often people are completely unaware, and often I've been unaware too. And so, I, I think it it is a, a painful process, but it's so necessary for credibility. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's painful because it's humbling. Every time you confess, every time you own up, it's uh, 
you you feel uh, it knocks you down a few notches, yeah. you know, in your own estimation. And so I've we've really tried with our own kids to um, apologize every time we know we did something wrong, Absolutely. no matter what. Yeah. And uh, I've I've screwed up a lot as a parent, so I've apologized to my kids quite a bit. And you know, sometimes I kind of think hey, I shouldn't apologize this much, you know. But yeah. but realizing that if I if if I don't if I don't create that tenor and that culture, then ultimately I will I am demanding a standard from them. That that I am not asking myself to meet. Yeah, yeah, and and that will kill my credibility. Yeah, in the long run. Yeah, no, this is life and death stuff, and that, that's so wise to do that. I think before we leave faults, I think the other thing is important to realize that only God can show us our faults. Yeah, um, and that's why a close walk with God is so important. And that if you're really walking closely with God, one of the ways you'll know it is not by an overwhelming feeling of joy and righteousness, but a, a healthy awareness of your own sins and where sin is really knocking at the door and trying to get to you. Yeah. I, I think, my th- I have a theory on this. Okay. You know, when people say, it's so hard to get in the Bible, I just, you know, I can't enjoy it. <laughs> One of the reasons is, is, is that it will make you uncomfortable because it will expose things and unearth things almost right away in yeah. you, where it challenges your beliefs, challenges your assumptions about how you think things should work, um, and reveals areas where you go, oh, I wouldn't have responded that way, or yeah. oh, I see that in myself. And the Bible's designed to do that, and I think that's one reason people avoid the Bible, Yes, is, is just because uh, we do not know what our, what our, um, our uh, faults are. They're hidden from us. That's right. They're, they're often blind spots, and yeah. a blind spot by definition is something you're blind to. You yeah. cannot see that area. Yeah. And so it, it's this almost subconscious, sub-rational thing when you start reading the Bible is that you get this feeling of discord yes. and, 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 and being out of alignment. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not a bad thing. That's the Holy Spirit. Exactly. But it's training, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and so that's why, yeah, when people, if you're expecting just kind of this rapturous joy and comfort the minute you enter the word, well, that's, that's not exactly what the word is designed to that's do. Right. It will comfort you. It will assure you, but it will also wound you yeah. and, and expose things. Yeah. And, and you have to come in with that awareness that, yeah. uh, yeah. that is what the word will do. Yeah. Which is, takes us back to, uh, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. Yeah. That, uh, Confession of sin and repentance from sin is what brings peace. Yeah. Not ignoring them. So one area, honest about your faults. A second area that Proverbs would talk about being honest is honest about your finances. And I've just got a, a list of, of verses here for, for our listeners. Uh, Proverbs 16.11, a just balance and scales belong to the Lord. All the weights of the bag are his concerns. And of course, they... They didn't have packages back then that said this is a dollar forty, and uh, that's how much it cost. But they sold everything by weight and measure. And what Solomon is saying is, there's no small areas of integrity. God is concerned about every area, being honest and stuff like that. Uh, Proverbs ten two, uh, ill-gotten gains do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Uh, Proverbs 13, 11, wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers it by labor increases it. I think what that's saying is, is that in our culture, we see money in purely in terms of mathematical terms. 
in terms of how much, how much I need, how much I make. Mm-hmm. But Proverbs see, says smart people see money in terms of ethical concerns. It's not so much how, mu- how much I make, it's how I make it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make it in an honest way, it will dwindle. It will disappear. If I make it in an honest way, it will increase. So yeah. being honest about our finances uh, is far more important than how much we're actually making. Um, does that make sense? It does. Uh, I think of what Jesus says in Luke 15 or 16, that he was faithful and little is faithful and much. Yeah. Uh, and, and little there is money yes. <laughs> and much is people. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, you know, broadly speaking, and so there is yeah. some principle there that this is sort of the ABCs of discipleship is, is Jesus stewards money to us to see if we'll be um, trustworthy with it. I guess my question though is like, I don't think I'm a fraud. Like, you know, maybe it's a blind spot. But like, how am I actually cheating people, right? Like that, it, it, it sounds, you know, pretty, pretty bad, whatever Proverbs is talking about. And I think there's an instinct to just dissociate yourself from that. And so what does it actually look like to, to you know, ill-gotten gain or, you know, gain? What, what, what do you think of as ways that people are susceptible to that? Subtle ways, maybe, that they're susceptible to that. That's a good question. I'll, I'll tell you a story, and because it kind of illustrates this. When you were in college, um, we had to fill out... Ripped the, off a bunch of people, <laughs> that, that side hustle yeah, I had. Yeah. yeah. When, when you were in college, um, we had to fill out a form every year for the Cal Grant, because Cal Grant was a, a, something that was available to college students from a certain income level, um, and it paid for uh, part of your, your education, which was great. Well, one year, um, they they want to know how much I make and all that that kind of stuff and how much that we qualify for and and I was honest, but the one of the questions they asked was the estimated uh, worth of our home, and because we live in the Bay Area, our home had greatly it wasn't cash because we're not selling it, but we had a, a more expensive home than we on our income level could justifiably live in, right. And so I rationalized that, and I said, well, you know, that's not really an accurate um, indication. That's not what they're looking for. Yeah, they're those, really, yeah, this, is, this is this the is, spirit this, of the question. This, yeah. I will, the spirit of the question. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back what the house was worth several years ago um, just to kind of be conservative here and not give them a false picture. Well, you didn't get the Cal Grant, and I couldn't understand why, what the deal was. Uh, why didn't we get? So I investigated, and they said, "Well, we never got the application." And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt wow. that I, that application was so important. I know I got it in on time, yeah. but somehow they mysteriously <laughs> um, uh, lost it. Yeah. And I saw that as the discipline of the Lord. Yeah, that that uh, the getting of treasures of a, by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor. Yeah. <laughs> the pursuit. Of death, and so it was. It was a small thing of integrity, but there are no small issues of integrity to the Lord. And I took that as really from the Lord that you need to be honest in everything. So whether it's taxes, our expense accounts, our mileage, our our returning things we borrow, uh, taking company supplies for your own use, yeah. um, damaging equipment that you borrow and never repairing it, right. just kind of returning it, or hanging on things that are lost by people mm-hmm. uh, rather than making every effort to find out who lost them and get it mm-hmm. in the back. There's lots of small areas 
that relate to financial integrity. Right. But it's so important to the health of our soul that we are that we're honest about all these financial things because the worship of mammon is the biggest idol um, that the Bible warns us about. Yeah. No, I've I've had a few tax situations come up in the last few years just uh, where. I, I feel like I did my due diligence, but you know other people did not as, yeah, as to yeah. why uh, I was in a situation where I had to pay more. And just realizing this is ultimately my stewardship and my responsibility, and I can't just punt this to other people. Yes, and and yes. I think that's one of my big things to say, well, I do, you know, but it's more like, you know, <laughs> see no evil, hear no evil, you know, just kind of like, eh, I don't want to think about it because it's money and it's complicated instead of really owning the fact that, no, I'm responsible to figure this out. Yeah. And uh, I need to look into this more to make sure that I'm above board rather than just trusting the professionals to, to ensure that. No, and, that's so uh, good. And that's been a convicting lesson. I would say another one is just the way we view work and its relationship yeah. to compensation is a yeah. huge one. Because I think there is a huge temptation, especially in a culture where we have minimal oversight for our work often, uh, to just view my work as I put in whatever it is, and if they compensate me, then I'm good. Basically, if they're willing to pay me for whatever I, my current level of output or whatever, then that's fine. Um, now, obviously, there are situations where bosses are unjustly taking advantage, and that would be from the flip side, right? And abusing yeah. their power to, to get more of their employees and underpay them. But for the employee, it's saying that I don't work primarily for compensation, but to glorify God and make contribution regardless of what my job is. Right. And ultimately, I'm reporting to him at the end of the day yeah. with my hours. And, and so it's not, you know, do the bare minimum to keep this job and get paid so I can do the other things with my life I want. Yeah. It's that I should view my job as what God is calling me to do and do excellent work the hours I'm working. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's the most basic point is that when I'm at work, I'm working. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, yeah. So to our listeners, if, if you feel like you're not being paid what you're worth, mm-hmm. the first thing to look at is how honest am I in my, in my handling of my own money? Yeah, before because God will will bless or God will dis- discipline. Yep, depends on whether you're honest. Uh, f- third area, I think s- Proverbs teaches that smart people are honest about the facts. Um, facts are important to people with integrity. They don't want to say anything that's not a hundred percent factual, which is why Proverbs has a lot to say about false witnesses hmm. and a lot to say about the internet. Yes, Proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Proverbs 19.5, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. I'm pretty clear there. Um, Like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. I mean, he picks fatal or death-dealing instruments, and he says that, that, and that's uh, Proverbs 25.18, that a false witness is as deadly as a club or a sword or an arrow. He who conceals hatred has lying lips, and he who spreads slander is a fool, Proverbs 10, 18. What motivates people to slander and to uh, gossip? Uh, Solomon says hatred, yeah. which is never a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs twelve seventeen: he who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness deceit. And if I, I love this one, Proverbs 26, 18 and 19. Like a man mad who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, 
is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? <laughs> if you're caught in a lie, just say, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is a huge misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You didn't know it was a joke yet. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I think in the area of, of gossip is probably the, the, the area that most of us would apply uh, what this is, that gossip is not a minor league sin. Telling lies, exaggerating, uh, giving uh, things that you think are factual, but they really aren't because you haven't really taken the time to investigate them. Um, passing on rumors and innuendos is never harmless because lives, lives can be destroyed. I've seen churches split because of the conversations people are having in the background. Yeah. Um, and God takes those things seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just being on, working on being as honest as I can and not saying anything that I'm not absolutely positively sure of uh, will guard you and will guard the people who hear them. Yep. Yeah, I, I think uh, it is... It is so tempting in an information age to just pass things on all the time as you hear them. And I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anyone of just hearing things, hearing interesting data, hearing interesting studies, and just immediately passing them on yeah. and acting like they're an authority instead of saying, eh, I should probably look into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there is um, I, the category of false witness is, I think, so critical for anything you put on the public record online, especially. That, that anytime you're you're communicating digitally or, or putting something out to the public, uh, if you are passing on a lie or misinformation, uh, that is a serious thing. Yeah, you're a false witness. Yeah, that is that is false witness, and yeah. so just being circumspect. But I think more practically in conversations, I think one thing I'm always trying to think about is, you know, what what, what is the line for gossip or slander? Because people often want to know that, and kind of the question I ask is. What story am I telling about this person to this other uh-huh. person? You uh-huh. know what? That's good. What? What is? What, what story am I telling? And and is it um, is it one that would bias them in a certain way against mm-hmm. this person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it is, then that to me is where I cross the line. Yeah. Especially if I haven't talked to the other person about yeah. this kind of thing, yeah. um, because. This gets back to the fear of the Lord. God brings things into judgment. Yeah. And if this person who bugs me is doing yada, 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 um, maybe I'm the one responsible to rebuke them. Maybe God's responsible to hold them accountable for this thing. What I am assuredly not accountable to do is to be the judge of this person in my court and make other people believe that my court is the one that holds yeah. court. Yeah. And, and, and so that they form their own opinion of this person based on that yeah. as well. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's, if I'm trying to shape a narrative about a person when I talk to other people, that's my own check to just say, is it worth it? Yeah. What, why, why is it worth it to have this conversation? Is any potential good? Yes. Yes. Um, Worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you bring up a good point that God is ultimately the one who will bring that person to justice. Yeah. I don't have to. That's not my job. No. Nope. I need to leave room for, for the wrath of God. Vengeance yeah. is mine. And so. Or even the discipline of God, if it's another believer, yeah. to say that it's not, it's not my job to build a consensus about this person so that they, yada, yada, yada. Because yeah. if the person. The works of the flesh are evident. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and if this person is really working the works of the flesh, it's going to be evident to other people too. And and that's the 
that's the strongest uh, teacher to another person to avoid someone. Right. Not not the things I could say. So right. now there are situations where you have to warn about people, but I would just say that's uh, you know an area of uh, to tread very lightly. Yeah. Be careful. Exactly. And if you have, I mean, there's some situations you I mean, if it's like a public figure who is doing false teaching, um, I don't know that you're responsible to go to that person. You don't even know them. But I do think you need to warn other people that, that this is not biblical, what they're saying. Yeah, I would say that's a different situation. I would say, um, you know, public sin, public rebuke, yeah. right? That if, yeah. it's, if it's something done out in that way, that's, that's so it can, it can be publicly repudiated in yeah. a way. And if you're putting teaching out to the public, you are subjecting that teaching to public scrutiny and evaluation. Exactly. The minute you disseminate it out, yeah. you know, uh, I think you there's a, there's a level of um, feedback that just comes from that. Yeah, and and, and so you're, you're it's fair game for other people to critique it. Now, hopefully, they critique the teaching yeah. um, and aren't assassinating the person. Yeah. in the process, but to say that here's why this teaching is wrong, da, 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 that's fine. I, you know, I think that's a, any teacher should be willing to be scrutinized for yeah. the teaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Well, quick, quickly, one final area that the Proverbs talks about being honest is being honest with our friends. Um, better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed, faithful are the wounds of a friend, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. That's Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. An enemy will often tell you what you want to hear. A friend will tell you what you need to hear. Um, and I, when I'm rebuked by friends... Um, I generally feel closer to them yeah. as a result when you're rebuked because you know they really care about you. They they take a risk to tell you something that's going to be hard to hear, yeah. and yet they love you enough to do that. And I feel closer to them when they do that mm-hmm. than people who flatter. Um, flattery flattery is always a bad thing. <laughs> it's just you know when you know when somebody's kind of building you up, and you have to ask what's the motive there? Is this to make me look better? Or is it to make them look better? Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So honest rebukes don't hurt a friendship. Um, yeah. And, and I think if you have a, if you, if you've built up trust over time and know this person has your back, yeah, then, then you should be okay with them saying hard things to you. Yeah. I should invite it. Yeah. Um, because I can't help myself. I have to use a sports analogy for this, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, who is just excellent in every way, right? His his thing is, don't tell me what I did right. Yeah, yeah. After the game, I don't want to hear what I did well. <laughs> I, I I know the things I did well. I want to hear where I can improve. Yeah, exactly. Give me that kind of feedback, and and I think that's a good challenge. If you want, uh, you, you look for people who give you honest feedback, but seek out honest feedback. Say, hey, how did? How how did I respond in that situation? What what would you have tweaked about that? Yeah, what, how, how know, could I have done better? How could I have done better? What yeah. could I you know seek that out and make yeah. it easy for your friends to yeah. give that kind of feedback because yeah. it's hard enough to correct someone. But Proverbs would say wise people are correctable, and yeah. part of being correctable is intentionally looking for hey, wh- how could I improve in that? Yeah. How how could I have engaged differently? What what do you think? Yeah, and that's uh, great. Um, and, and your good friends will tell you, and uh, and your flatterers will not. Exactly. And that's how you know who your friends are. Yeah, yeah. And I had thought about it before, but it really is a, a, a skill to create that kind of atmosphere around you so people feel free to tell you the truth mm-hmm. um, because you're obviously so secure and you really want to know the truth. How can I... R- wisdom, you do not get wise without rebuke. 
Right. It, there's, there is no wisdom without reproof because we don't do everything right. Yeah. Nobody does. And so I, for me to grow in wisdom, I have to be able to recognize what I'm doing wrong, what needs to be corrected. And sometimes I can't see it. I need somebody from the outside to look in and say, I, why'd you do that this way? Why'd you say that? Yeah, the, the older I get, the more I, I, I care about having friends who push me and don't yes. let me be comfortable. Yes. Um, and, and what I mean is I think a good friendship, you have the same vision of life. Um, yeah. So you see the same things. You have the same priorities. You're shooting for the same goal. Yeah. But being around the person challenges you because you see the growth in their life. Yeah. You yeah. see that they're ahead of you in areas, yeah. but also that they're willing to call you out and challenge you in areas. And so I, I, I don't, I don't want friends who are just a perpetual feedback loop of uh, Jeff. You're the greatest, yeah. and and you're so good, blah 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 blah. Because I will not grow, yeah. and uh, uh, I need friends who will challenge me um, to the core, yeah, to yeah. to to improve in in different areas. That's good. Well, before we wrap up, let me talk a little bit what Proverbs says that honesty with friends doesn't mean. And uh, Proverbs says that honesty with friends doesn't mean I tell everything I know. That I'm not obligated to do that. Uh, Proverbs <laughs> 11, 2 and 3, he who despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. Yeah. Uh, he who goes about as a talebearer uh, reveals secrets, but a trustworthy, he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. Yeah. Integrity doesn't man doesn't demand that we share something if we know it. Um, it we have to look: is can somebody be helped by this, or is this not going to be helped? Yep. And if they're not going to be helped, if it's just going to be a distraction, then keep quiet. And then, second, honesty doesn't mean venting and keeping it real and letting everybody know when we're upset or how we're feeling at the moment, which <laughs> seems to be. Uh, yeah, it's not authenticity. No. <laughs> It's not integrity. Proverbs twelve sixteen: uh, A fool's vexation is known at once, <laughs> but a prudent man conceals dishonor. And that's a great verse. It's not dishonest to conceal dishonor. I am really ticked off, but it's not going to help anybody to know about it. Um, it's just that it, not that uh, wise people don't get angry. It's that wise people keep control of their anger. Yep, that's the key there. And third, honesty doesn't mean that every time somebody does something wrong, you point it out. Um, he who covers a transgression <laughs> seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. Yeah, that's called nagging. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was Proverbs seventeen nine. Uh, one more Proverbs nineteen eleven. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. Yeah. So smart people are honest with their friends. But that doesn't mean every time their friends make a mistake, they're on them. Yeah. They, they realize they have a sense of proportion. Eh, that's just being human. Every, I would have done the same thing. Don't need to nag about that. But make, use your rebukes when they really need to be used. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and I would say, hmm, those are really good. I'm trying to think about how to phrase this, but it's, you're rebuking them because you want to see them grow and honor God in their life. 
you're not rebuking them primarily because there's some issue in your relationship with them. You know, that I wish our relationship was like this, or I wish it, you know what I mean? When it's, it gets into those dynamics all the time, it's not self-centered. Yeah. You know what I mean? It has to be focused on their good. Cause yeah. I think sometimes you can, in friendships, you can get this weird dynamic where it's like, well, our friendships change and yada, yada. I don't know. It, it, yeah. It's, it's gotta be, I want to see you grow in this area. Here's why I'm pointing it out. Here's exactly. why I'm concerned. And, uh, anyway, I can't think of any good examples with that at, uh, at the moment, but, uh, actually I can, I, you know, I remember, okay, so here's a, here, here's a good one is um, sometimes friends do things that you just disagree with or that annoy you. And you have to take a step back and ask, is this worth yeah. rebuking? Yeah. Or am I just annoyed and need yeah. to ask, is it reveal more about myself than this That's good. person? Yeah. So one of my good buddies, and uh, I just reconnected with him, he started uh, dating a girl we were in college and uh, he stopped hanging out with us when he started dating him. And at the time I thought, you know, this is really insulting. Like you're not prioritizing our relationship <laughs> and yada, yada, yada. And so like we sat him down and just, just double barrel, just blasted him for the way he was spending his time. And he wasn't, didn't care about our relationship and all this stuff. And it was like, it made him late to a date with the girl. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was bad. And he was, he was not happy about it afterwards. And I just felt so justified and, and if I had taken a step back, I would have asked, I'm mad because I don't get to spend as much time with this friend. Yeah, yeah. That's the, pri- and, and that's sad. Our relationship's changing. He's, he's got a girlfriend. This is going to change. Yeah. Uh, but, but I never stopped to ask like, well, like, is this a good relationship for him to, to be in? Yeah. And it was, yeah, and he was pursuing good. it in a good way. And it was like, it, it had more to do with me than it had to do with him. And I think that's just another important element in a friend. You should be able to rejoice in your friend's wins too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, because you're focused on him. Because you're focused on him yeah. and not on yourself. That's so good. And so yeah. I think that's, a, so there's my, there's my example. So yeah. yeah. Well, the same man who uh, wrote Precious Are the Wounds of a Friend also wrote It's a Man's Glory to Overlook a Transgression. Yeah. And uh, so I don't rebuke because I'm angry or fed up or... <laughs> Anything like I only rebuke when I think it'll do some good. Yep. And that's it's it's focused on the other person. I just think of Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples just before the cross, he said, I have many things to say to you, but you're not ready to hear them. Yeah. It's one of my favorite verses. Yeah. And uh, so the Holy Spirit will tell you, teach you, <laughs> teach you this stuff when he comes. Uh, I think that's a great thing that, that just because you know something doesn't mean you have to say it. Yep. So it's really good. Well, thanks, Dad. Um, I have many things to say to you that uh, just tick me. No, I'm just kidding. I, no, um, no, good stuff. Hopefully, this has been helpful to you too, listeners. And so, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.